think of like a flower blooming. You plant the seed and then you water it and then you allow it space and time and allow the earth to do its thing, allow the sun to do its thing, water it, treat it well, and it grows and it blooms into this beautiful flower. The way we operate as humans, at least in North America conditioning, is planting the seed, then we fire hose it with water, we yell at it to grow faster, we throw all this different stuff on top of it that's not even water. Like, imagine watering a flower with, like, soda and syrup and, like, sugar and whatever else, and then you step on the flower, and then you walk away from it, and then you get pissed at it for not growing faster— Of course that flower is not going to grow. It doesn't have the space or the time or nourishment. And that's truly how I see the spiritual world as well. And my spirituality is like, I can't tap into my spirituality if I don't give it space and time and nourishment. everyone. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship. Lately, I've been getting very into spirituality, so I'm definitely going to include that as a topic in the beginning, because if you've followed me for the last year, and especially the last six months, the podcast has been diving more and more into spirituality. And as I've started to dive more into it, I've started to talk to other people and realize how intimidating spirituality and manifestation has become. It's starting to feel like this elite club that only certain people have access to, or like there's spirituality and manifestation police that are like checking in on you and seeing if you're doing it right. And if you're not doing it right, then you're not doing it right. And you must be behind. And I just hate that narrative because I'm a firm believer in multiple truths going on in the world. I do not agree that everything is done one way, that you have to act one way, be one way, follow one way. So when manifestation and spirituality are being marketed almost as these commoditized, like in a box type of concepts, it doesn't sit well with me. I don't like the fact that people are selling programs that are like, oh, you have to follow these five steps or you're just not doing it right. I really, really don't believe that. And I'm sure you don't believe that either. There has to be something in your gut and your heart that you know instinctively that's not true. If you follow any type of I'm trying to think of like a nature account or nature content. I've been watching a lot of Our Planet lately, so I'm really inspired by Our Planet. But if you just watch how nature unfolds and how much humans mimic nature, you start to realize like, yeah, there is a lot of truth in the way nature speaks to us. And I know I sound like I'm high right now or something, but I promise you I'm not. I swear this is from like Our Planet inspirations. But what I mean is... If there's multiple flowers, multiple animals, multiple textures, multiple climates, why wouldn't there be multiple ways to live as a human being? Why wouldn't there be multiple ways to practice spirituality and manifestation? Why wouldn't there be multiple truths around that? And that's why I did my podcast episode last week about the way I manifest. That wasn't a podcast episode done to be like, you need to do this too, or you just don't know what you're doing. That was actually done more in a way of like, look, here are some things that I do and I don't do this every time. I don't recreate the wheel every single time. Like sometimes I do follow that process. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes it makes sense. Sometimes it doesn't. I've been asked on podcasts before, tell us about your favorite manifestation and how you did it. And I'm like, I totally blank out because I'm like, 
I don't know. I didn't have the science or process. I can't really speak to that. And that specific question has actually prompted me to be like, how do I do it? And I'm starting to realize there is no rhyme or reason and that's okay. Do I have frameworks? Do I have tools? Do I have pillars? Yes. But that doesn't mean that I follow them every single time. So what I mean by all this is you might be seeing content out there that's like, here's what you do. Step one is this. Step two is this. And step three is this. And if you just follow all these things, you will live your best life and be spiritual. And first of all, that's not even like a real equation because you're already spiritual just by being you and living. And we're going to get really into this today. You're also manifesting all the time. Me doing this podcast interview right now is a manifestation of what I was thinking about this morning. Manifestation's definition is literally to bring something from your mind's eye into reality. So the fact that I was thinking about doing a podcast episode this morning and then took action to plug my microphone in and record is a manifestation. So when you're like, oh, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? I don't even live in that conversation of right and wrong. Like you're just manifesting in general. So I think we need to flip that conversation around of like, well, what are you using manifestation at? Or how are you defining manifestation? How are you defining spirituality? And I think when you start to redefine these words, you get out of the conversation of right and wrong and black and white. I don't live in a black and white world. I live in a world of nuance and complexities. That is why my podcast now is getting even more transparent than ever, because I feel like context is missing so, so much on Instagram, on social media and marketing. And that's what makes people think we live in a black and white world, which is understandable than why these courses and programs and people come out with these five step formulas and three step this and that. And you were like, okay, well, that's the easiest thing to follow. And by the way, there is nothing wrong with that. Our brains are obsessed with structure because it creates safety. And that's why last week I shared five different ways because yes, I do have a toolbox. I do know what to tap into and I know that it's safe to do those things. And that's why structures and outlines are so, so helpful. What I don't like is people marketing it as that is the only way or that's the only truth or this is you have to follow my way or the highway. I don't buy into that at all. So today I want to really get into what spirituality means specifically to me and how it's helped me in my life and even getting into type A and type B manifestation, which is something that I don't know if this is a new thing, but I feel like really passionate about and it's something I want to uncover more, which is why I'm running spirituality for messy people. When I say the word messy, I don't mean physically messy, although you can absolutely be physically messy and be all these things. I mean messy in the fact that like your process doesn't really make sense to people. You you sometimes probably feel behind, like, wait, I should have this system set up. Or maybe if I did this 20 hours earlier, I'd be okay. Or maybe if I had a 10 step morning routine, then my life would be different. And so you're constantly like wondering how do I explain myself? Like, I don't really know how to explain it because it makes sense in my head. That's what I mean by messy. So we're going to get into like what it means to be spiritual and messy and be human. And I'm going to walk you through a lot today. So I'm getting into my background, spiritual awakenings I've had and what's helped me, what I believe about spirituality, and then some very specific stories and examples, because what I'm starting to hear and pick up is that spirituality and manifestation seems like this far away feeling or almost like a sport that you have to win. And that's what I'm trying to demystify today, that that is absolutely not true. 
So why don't we start with my background with spirituality and like, why did I even get into all this and why am I so fired up about talking about it right now? Growing up, I was not super religious. I came from a family that like we just did the kind of like middle class America religious experience, which is like you go to church sometimes, you go to the church during the holidays, you know, Easter, Christmas, etc. You pray around Thanksgiving. Like we just weren't a family that grew up reading the Bible or actively going to church or anything like that. And coming to think of it as I'm speaking about this out loud, I don't even think there was a specific religion we ever said, like, this is what I am. My mom was Catholic. She grew up Catholic, Spanish Catholic, like very, very Catholic household, went to an all-girls Catholic school. And my dad grew up, I guess, raised Christian. And so when we when we came into the world, the Rife kids, there wasn't really this like discussion of like, okay, this is what you are. This is what you have to practice, which I really appreciate, actually, because it let me develop my own opinions and perspectives. And why I'm, why I'm telling you this story is because I don't believe spirituality and religion are the same thing. So I'm talking about religion because I think that gets caught up in the spirituality world too. Like, oh, well, I'm not religious or I am religious. And so I feel like spirituality is wronging my religion. And this happened to me. So I went to some youth camps when I was younger, like Christian youth camps and Christian youth groups. And I always remember going and like getting along with the people, but the content not like deeply resonating or hitting me. It just felt like I was being a good girl. Like this is what good girls do. This is like how you're a good person in the world is believing in the Bible and Jesus and God. And this is what you do. And so that's what I did. I just went to youth camps. We know went to church when I wanted to. And I remember one specific youth camp, I was talking about Harry Potter and my grandma had just gotten me all the books. And they were like, Harry Potter is witchcraft. It's evil. It's demonic. Do you think that's normal? Like spells and flying? No, like that's absolutely evil. And it rubbed me the wrong way, but I was too young to like really know better, right? When you're young, you look to authority figures to tell you what's right and wrong. So I was like, oh, oh my God. Okay. Harry Potter's the devil. Like I need to stop reading those books. And I want to reiterate, this did not sit well with me. I just was too young to articulate that it didn't sit well with me. I also had friends who were extremely religious, and I feel like they live in the world of very black and white religion. Like, you're right and I'm wrong. It's this way or that way. It's you against us. It's I'm up here and you're down here. And again, I feel like now that I'm 30 and can really like stand in my own power and beliefs, Looking back, that's just the way I thought things were, but I don't live in the black and white world anymore. I live in nuance and complexity and understand that different traumas and privilege and access to money and all these things play a part in what you believe in. So I don't buy into a specific religion anymore because I just don't believe that there's one way or the highway. I, I truly don't believe that in my body. And by the way, I don't think there's anything wrong if you do. If you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, my religion saved my life. My religion was my pathway to a better life. My religion, you know, helped me through my darkest times. That is absolutely incredible. And I'm not wronging that at all. I'm telling you my experience and what happened in my life that caused me to be where I am today. 
So one thing I will say that did resonate is that I did believe that there was something bigger than me and this human existence. Like, I just didn't believe that we passed away and just like poof, disappeared into thin air. I always felt like there was something bigger, but I couldn't put my finger on it. And so I feel like most of my 20s, that was my thought process was like, I know there's something bigger. And the way the world refers to it is God or Jesus and you go to the church or you read the Bible or whatever it is in your religion. And that's what it means to believe in something bigger or have faith. That's what my thoughts were for most of my twenties. So eventually I, I don't even know how this happened. I went to a medium that I, my mom had gone to and I don't remember how or why it got set up. I think I was just interested in learning more. And the medium told me things that no one knew about me. And that no one could have said, even if you looked at my Instagram or my Facebook or anything. And I'll tell you the example because I think it's actually really cool. So when I was in my mom's womb, I was supposed to have a twin. And we never knew that until my mom went to actually go have a baby and realized that she miscarried one. And when they looked at the ultrasound, it looked like bunk beds, like there was supposed to be another another child in there. And so, but my mom said, because she didn't really know it and never felt like she lost a child because that's not how, that's not the information she was presented with. It was never like, oh, you're having twins, get ready. So when the miscarriage happened, she was like, it never really felt like, oh my God, I lost a child. Like it was really sad, but I just didn't know that I was having twins. So it didn't, it didn't feel like losing a child. So when she had gone to this specific medium he had asked her, did you lose a child? And she was like, no, like, obviously not. Like you would know if you lost a child. And then it hit her like, oh my God, wait, actually, yeah. Like I miscarried early on with one specific pregnancy. And we never knew that that was really supposed to be another child. And the medium was like, well, that was actually a boy. And the reason he miscarried was because if both of your children were born, which was me and this twin, what they both would have suffered extreme complications and had really hard lives. So one of them sacrificed themselves so that the other one could live a better life. And it almost makes me emotional talking about it. But when I heard that, I was like, whoa, that gives me a whole perspective and new meaning to life than I've ever heard before, right? Like when you hear something like that, it changes you. And so my mom tells me this story, okay? By the way, this medium is a guy who lives in, like, a trailer park, has no social media. His website is, like, broken. He doesn't have Instagram. He literally, ha- it looks like his trailer is from, like, the 1970s, and he lives from, like, the 1940s. Like, he's this old guy, probably doesn't even know what Instagram is. And so when I went to him, I was like, okay, yeah, like, we'll see what's going on. And he didn't even know my mom and I were related. And we don't really look alike if you were just to stare at us. Like, I'm 5'10". My mom is, like, 5 foot. My mom has dark brown hair, dark skin, dark eyes. I have, like, light hair, light skin, everything. So I knew he didn't know that I was my mom's daughter. And so when I went in, he asked me something similar. He's like, I feel like you, like, were supposed to have a brother or, like, there's someone missing in your life. And I immediately knew who he was talking about because my mom had told me this story. And by the way, my mom had always told me she kept dreaming of this child in her dreams and it was a boy and he had curly hair and she couldn't like identify who it was. 
And then it started to hit her like, oh my gosh, I think this was the twin that was supposed to come through. So when he asked me that, I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, this, this must be the twin he's talking about. And the reason I tell this was because this really confirmed to me that the spirit world and mediumship and like knowing that people and souls live on wasn't some hocus pocus thing. And I feel like where this started to become maybe looked at as hocus pocus was growing up and watching Disney movies and the media and magazines, right? We see Casper the Friendly Ghost. And so when we hear ghosts or spirits, we're like, okay, well, it must look like that. It must look like a glowing physical ghost. That's how all the movies present it. That's how Disney presents it. You know, the genies in a bottle, the the spirits, the underworld, all these things. Like I'm just thinking of so many Disney movies right now that of course our human mind, when we're exposed to that much of the same message, we think that that's true. So we're like, okay, well, I don't see ghosts, so spirits must not be real. Or I don't see things in that context, so that doesn't happen to me. Like, that's just hocus pocus. And so when I went to this medium reading, it just showed me, like, wait, like, that was a very spiritual experience, but, like, I didn't see anything in the room. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything. Nothing happened. It wasn't, like, some crazy experience, like, transformation. It was just, like, a conversation with this old guy in his trailer And I was like, okay, this is really interesting. But I just kind of kept it quiet. I was like, okay, you know, noted. That's really, really cool that you can connect with people that have transitioned or passed away. So I keep going through my 20s believing like there is something bigger. There is something to this whole spirit world, but I still don't know if I'm supposed to feel a different way. And then I went to therapy. And if you've heard my journey before, therapy just really opened my eyes to the self-development world. And that's when I started journaling, reading books about this stuff, really diving into podcasts. And I feel like that started to unravel a lot of this old conditioning and black and white thinking because it offered me so many different perspectives. I started to get more curious about the world. I started to see things from a different level. And even my own podcast that I started in 2017, it started to open some of these doors. Like I would have conversations with people and they would say something of like their spiritual awakening or when I pray or when I talked to my spirit guides and I kept being like, okay, like, you know, that's interesting. Let me, let me note that and and just consider what they're talking about. So eventually all these podcasts really started opening more doors because I started hearing about manifestation and spiritual work and souls and tarot readings and all these things that, again, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up in like a very conventional, traditional, middle-class America world from a very small town called Satellite Beach. So all this stuff was just not a big deal, at least in my family. So when I started hearing these podcasts, it felt like I had opened literally a door to Narnia, which I've never even seen that movie, by the way. (laughs) That's what I imagine it is like, what is on the other side of this world? Like, how is there this much content about something I've never heard about? So then I started reading some books about it, having conversations with people. And really those conversations are what started opening my eyes to like, this is a very real thing that that exists that I just don't know much about. And it became almost like a self-study practice for me of like, I want to learn more about spirituality. Like, am I supposed to feel something? Am I doing it wrong? What's really going on in the spiritual world? And I want to take a moment here to pause and actually read you the definition of spirituality, because I think it will help a lot with understanding what it is. 
So the funniest thing to me is one of the very first definitions that pops up from Wikipedia is that the meaning of spirituality has developed and expanded over time and various connotations can be found alongside each other. I love that because it's essentially saying there are various truths and meanings to what spirituality is, once again confirming what I've always believed, that this is not a one-size-fits-all thing. Another definition is that the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. And the example they use is the shift in priorities allows us to embrace our spirituality in a more profound way. So that's an interesting definition. And then there's another one here. The last one I'll read is that it involves the recognition of a feeling or sense or belief that there is something greater than myself, something more to being human than the sensory experience, and that the greater whole of which we are part of is cosmic or divine in nature. It's an opening of the heart in an essential aspect of true spirituality. And I love that definition because it says something more to being human than sensory experience. As humans, this is not like a you or me thing. Like this is a human species thing. We are conditioned to only believe what we see, right? That's like how our mind works. We operate based on like flight, fight, or freeze. We operate on sensory experiences. Can I see this? Can I hear it? Can I smell it? Can I taste it? Can I touch it? So obviously when we start talking about energy that you can't see or feel or hear, your body and mind can reject that idea because it's like, well, I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't touch it. It's not real. And that's when I started to realize with like energy and signs and all these things that I'm like, well, where is this coming from? How do miracles happen, right? Like when someone's about to die and they're on their deathbed and they have like stage five cancer and all of a sudden a miracle happens. I'm like, what explains that? That's not science. Or when someone's, you know, spine is so injured that they could be paralyzed and all of a sudden they're walking again. I'm like, how does that happen? That defies the law and logic of science. And that's where spirituality starts to really make sense to me. And by the way, I am still very rooted in like neuroscience and understanding the mind. It's like half of what my work is about is like understanding the nervous system and how we're conditioned as humans. So again, I don't live in a black and white world. I'm not an extreme spiritualist. I call them spiritual elitists now of these people that are like, oh my God, light and love is just the only way. Open your heart to true connections and see what happens and surrender. I'm like, okay, wait, what are the steps? What do you do? How do you do it? Because again, I'm human. I do need to understand the practicalities of things, which is why as my journey with spirituality has developed, I am open to like seeing new truths and new ways to do things and new tools because it helps me understand it more. So I wanted to just pause and take that break to tell you about what the definition is so you can understand like you can see there is no one definition. There's three definitions that I just read and almost all of them are talking about it has nothing to do with the human physical realm and it's something bigger than yourself and the meaning has developed over time, which is beautiful because it means you get to define it. So Knowing that and reading books around it and having different conversations with different people, it was really in the last year that I started to embrace it and understand it more. And I'll walk you through a few different experiences because I know when I heard the word spiritual awakening and I've heard some people talk about their spiritual awakening on podcasts, I was like, holy shit, this sounds crazy. It sounds like if you've ever heard about someone doing ayahuasca, that's what I thought a spiritual awakening was. And I know people have had their spiritual awakenings taking ayahuasca, but 
that's what I thought it was. And it wasn't until I had my own that I was like, oh, this is like a very normal thing that happened. So I would say the first like, I don't know, I think the first biggest spiritual awakening I had was when I had that medium reading and that guy just knew so much about my life and the inner workings of, of my life that couldn't be explained that that made a lot of sense to me. But I think the the next biggest one was when I was in Bali. I was in Bali for my yoga training. And I remember coming into it with, I had just left corporate America. So I was very much in that like corporate America, hustle and grind, Apple watch, measuring all my metrics to prove that I was like always beating myself and improving every day, like constant self-development, constant pushing. That was the mentality I was in. So now I get to Bali, which is like literally called the Island of the Gods, spiritual Mecca, and everybody's on island time. I could not understand how, how, like, I could not understand that way of life, which sounds crazy, right? You're like, then why did you go to Bali? Like, you loved all that stuff. What I mean is, like, I was checking in at the yoga center, and, like, there wasn't a formal check-in process, and there wasn't, you know, someone sitting there signing people in, and I couldn't find the teacher, and I was like, oh, this is so unorganized. Like, they just they really need to like make this more professional. It's unclear like how to check in. And I don't even know what villa I'm staying in. Like just so on a high horse, (laughs) so interesting to think about now. I like don't even recognize that version of myself. And luckily there were two specific people there that really challenged my belief system a lot and my ego and they're Brittany and David. So if they're listening, shout out. But Brittany was like, Chelsea, we're in island time. Like, we're in Bali. Why are you so worried? Like, you're going to get checked in. You're going to find your villa. Relax. And then David would eventually throughout that month, like, question my ego. Like, I would be talking shit about something or something about the training or this and that. And he was like, is that just your ego challenging you? Or is that like, you really think that? And I was like, wow, I've never had these conversations with people. I've never had anybody question me like this. And it really opened my eyes to just like, again, multiple truths and multiple ways of living. And it was during that experience, I put my Apple watch away. It just felt, it honestly felt disrespectful to have this electronic Apple watch in this like beautiful, spiritual Bali shala. And so I was like, I'm going to put it away. And I feel like disconnecting from that was actually a bigger energetic sign to like disconnect from this need for constant self-improvement of like hacking my way to ultimate perfection and like constantly beating myself. And again, I know there's people that are going to be like the Apple watch changed my life. It was the one thing that like kept me going. It helped me a lot, but it also caused me a lot of shame when I didn't close my rings. I didn't hit the calorie count. That's what really like, that was my driving force for working out. So during this yoga experience to completely like put the Apple watch away and just connect with like what my body needed and what my body knew, that was something I had never experienced. I had done Orange Theory, Soul Cycle, all these classes that you're constantly competing, right? You're always on a screen or you're competing or you're going the fastest or you're checking in on Instagram stories to prove how much you worked out. And like, this is the first time where they're like, okay, no phones, no Apple Watches, just be, just be. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't, like, it's so hard to find stillness. And that's when I started to really tap into my spirituality because I was tapping into my body signals. And I feel, this is a personal opinion, I feel like your soul talks to you through signals in your body. So when you get chills, when you get a gut feeling, when you get shivers down your spine, when you get a twitch, like to me, those are all things, that's your soul being like, that's the language it's speaking is through bodily signals. 
So during that whole Bali experience, that wasn't an experience where I was like seeing spirits or hearing things or again, because I know what the visual is like you're seeing Casper the ghost or you're you're hearing a whoosh of a whisper come by and like that didn't happen. I just became way more in tune with my body. I went back to Bali about six months later and I did a manifestation cacao ceremony. I've actually talked about this whole experience. So if you go back to my podcast like over a year ago. I did a whole recap on Bali and this whole experience. So I think I would recommend going back to that so you can hear how I operated in live time, like what it felt like. But I did this manifestation cacao ceremony. And here I am thinking it's going to be like a fun, cute little manifestation ceremony. Like we're going to like write our manifestations in a journal and talk about it like a girl's sleepover and like drink cacao and have fun. And I was, that was not what happened. I left that room bawling, sobbing, crying, feeling like I was releasing years of guilt and shame and heaviness. And it was because we had been talking about letting go of what like doesn't serve us and forgiving. And I had just realized I had been holding on to so many experiences from my 20s of heartbreak, of emptiness, of unfulfillment, of grief, of depression, of all these things that were just like stored in my body. This is a whole other conversation as well as like trauma being stored in the body. And that ceremony really provided this safe space for me to open up. And by the way, I I want you to know I didn't go into it planning to open up and sob. I went into it thinking like, cool, fun. And when we started doing the sharing part, I was like, fuck, no, I'm not sharing. (laughs) Like, have fun, everybody sharing your stories. Like, that's not me. And eventually I ended up sobbing, crying, feeling like I was releasing so many years of heaviness. And that's when I realized I'm like, this could be considered a spiritual awakening. Like I am tapping into something bigger than myself and going back to this whole concept that my body is giving me signals that to me was like years and years of my soul, like trying to let something go and showing me like, it's okay to open up. It's okay to share with people. You don't have to burden this yourself. And that's when I feel like I had another really big spiritual awakening. Now at this time too, I am like fully on board with mediums and tarot card readings and Reiki healings. Like I'm all about that stuff. So throughout the last probably five years, like I've done that stuff. I've talked to mediums. I've talked to psychics. I've talked to Reiki practitioners. Like I'm all about that. And I feel like whenever I'm going through a hard time in my life, I turn to healers like that to really help me. So during the whole year in Australia, there were times where I would like get on a Zoom call with a medium or go to a tarot card reading. And those experiences always provide me some type of guidance, which is why I love them. So then I feel like another big spiritual awakening, and this one to me is probably the most relatable to people, was just getting healthier, (laughs) like truly becoming a clear channel for my spirit to actually speak to me because I feel like a lot of people feel like they're not spiritual because they're always distracted. We are always drowning ourselves in emails and reacting to people and posting content, posting stories and getting back to a text message and catching up on our show and doing our homework. Like we never take a moment to just be still and be like, what is really going on? Like what is really happening underneath the surface? And sometimes we don't want to do that and we distract ourselves. I'm like the guiltiest person of doing this. I'm like, I don't want to do that. So I'm going to go watch a show. I'm going to bury myself in work. I'm going to text a million people so I can totally distract myself because it's like, I don't want to know the power that's under there. And so I feel like people are actually way more spiritual than they think. They just don't give themselves credit because A, they think that they need to be like literally seeing an angel floating in the room or B, they're like scared of what's under the surface. 
So when I was in Broome last year in Australia and in the middle of the pandemic, I became really healthy because I had truly had nothing else to do. I was just eating healthier. I was cleaning up my food. It was just like fun to do. And I found true joy in that experience. And I remember telling my mom, like, I really feel like joy is what I'm feeling right now. Like I would wake up happy and I would go to bed happy. And this is the middle of a pandemic when I was nannying and making no money. And I was just so like in tune with my body. And I feel like that's because my spirit was like, finally, you have found stillness. You're listening to yourself. You're resting. You're receiving our messages. And this is the time where I started to see a lot of angel numbers. Now, angel numbers are like a repetition of numbers. So like 444, 333, or 1234. And by the way, I'm like very beginner with this stuff. But I started to see 44 everywhere. So I'm seeing 44 all over all the time. My phone's at 44%. Everything I look at is a 44. License plate is 44. I go to the grocery store. Something's 44 cents. Like 44 is all the time. So I tell my mom this story. And actually, this is the craziest part. I go to a restaurant and they sit me down at a table. And the table number is a four on an Uno card. And I just sent it to my mom because Uno is obviously a Spanish word. And I was like, oh, look, like Uno. And I'm finally out because this is when restaurants started opening up in Australia. So I was like, look, I'm out and about at a cafe, this cute little like Uno card. And my mom was like, Chelsea, that's so interesting. Like 44 was your grandpa's favorite number. And that was like one of the biggest spiritual awakenings I can remember because I had felt grief and guilt all year because my grandpa had passed away when I was in Australia and I felt so guilty for not going home to his funeral. And so when she said that, I was like, oh my God, this must have been my grandpa joining me. Like this must be him kind of like giving me a wink of like, look, I'm here. I'm always with you. You just have to find stillness and stop being distracted and you would see me. And the only reason I saw that 44 was because like I was not on my phone. I was not texting people back. I didn't bring my laptop. I was just sitting there enjoying life. And I saw that four card. Then I'm not kidding. About a week or two later, I leave this town. I go to a totally new town. I'm out on the town, just enjoying life, sitting on a patio, eating lunch by myself. And this is why I really love solo travel because you can tap into your spirituality so much. But I sit down and I'm on this patio and I look over at this digital billboard and it says one, four, three, and the four is an Uno card. And I swear I like thought I was drunk. I like looked at the digital billboard again. I'm like, one, four, three means I love you. The four is an Uno card, which I literally just told my mom about a week or two before that. And there was no advertisement. Digital billboards are made for advertising. There was not a website. There was not a social media handle. I was right next to this billboard. I was like staring at it. There was not anything on there. It just said 143, meaning I love you. And the four is an Uno card. I'm like, holy shit, this has to be my grandfather. And that's another like spiritual moment or awakening that I'm talking about. I didn't see him as a ghost figure or a silhouette or like a Disney genie, which I know is like what we think of when we think of spirituality. I didn't hear him. He wasn't like whispering in my ear like, Chelsea, I'm here. Like that's not what happened. It was just finding the magic in that very, very simple moment, living my life, being so tuned in and so happy to be traveling that I saw that. And that's why when I talk about like meditation and finding stillness, 
I don't do those things to like check off a box. I don't do it as like my spiritual checklist for the day. I do it because I'm like, what messages do I need to see today? What needs to come through? Because that's when I started noticing all these beautiful synchronicities around me was when I started paying the fuck attention and getting off my phone and drowning myself in distractions. So now what I feel like around spirituality is that it's something bigger than myself. Like there is something bigger to me that created all this. And I have a purpose in this human life. And my duty is to live out the human experience in its full expression. So now this is where I'm going to get very spiritual. And I don't like the word woo-woo. I don't use that word anymore. I think it's quite disrespectful. It, it like makes you think you're crazy when it's actually one of the most natural things. And I really, once again, want to shout out our planet. I'm like David Attenborough's number one fan right now because I feel like it's opened my mind so much to how animals trust their instincts and like really live to their full capacity right like they don't know what's good and bad they don't know what's right and wrong like they just live and it started to reflect in my own human life where i'm like why would we be given all these talents and gifts and skills and instincts and imagination and smell and senses and sight all these things if we weren't supposed to like feel them in their full capacity and that's what spirituality is to me is like feeling that that's something bigger. And so I do believe that there's something beyond this physical life or else again, I don't think miracles would happen. I don't think synchronicities would happen. Think of all the synchronicities that have happened in your life where you're like, wow, I was like wishing for a new client and all of a sudden it came that day or like someone paid me in full or I really wanted to meet a new friend and all of a sudden I met this girl last night and now we're best friends or I was wishing to have a beautiful partner and now we're in a relationship and I'm married to them. Like to me, that's the spirit side of you, like working to show you like, yes, this is what you, what you deserve. This is like what you, ex this is what you're feeling. And that's why I feel like when you're not living in your truth and you're doing things you don't want to be doing, you start to feel irritated, angry, negative, emotional, sad, right? Like you just start to feel like, holy shit, I'm not feeling, that's what I think when people say alignment, they're not feeling the way they do on the inside as the outside. And I feel like your inside is where your spirit is. Like, what is it trying to tell you? And that's why I feel like your spirit talks to you through bodily signals or signs. So I also want to talk about quickly a spiritual development course that I took in the fall, because this opened my eyes even more to spirituality because when we were taking it, I literally the whole time felt like, okay, this, this is a course where I'm finally going to like see a spirit or hear a spirit the way I had heard about it in movies and TV shows. And we would do these like practice readings on each other because I was working with a medium. And by the way, mediums are people who connect with people that have transitioned. So they're very tapped into like the spirit world and how to connect. And so I'm thinking, great, I'm learning the same thing. I'm going to be seeing my grandpa and be hearing him like, let's go. And we started to do these readings and we were doing like past life regression meditations and astral projection and Akashic records, which by the way, these are like, to me, kind of like more advanced spiritual topics. I don't even like calling it advanced, but like if I were just learning about this stuff, maybe some of these things I would be like, I don't know what that means. And so when I was doing it, I didn't know what that meant. And I feel like I was faking it. I was like, are we like, am I making this up? It just feels like I'm making something up in my head. Like, where is this coming from? I feel like I'm imagining it. And my mentor said, like, you will feel like you're faking it and you're imagining it. But think about it. Like, where does your imagination come from? And why do certain things sometimes feel lucky in your life? Why do you think some things come naturally to you? And it wasn't until that course that I started to realize, like, if you're really getting into spirituality, 
you're going to think you're doing it wrong or, or doing it not the right way because of the way you grew up, especially if you grew up in like a traditional school system, right? You do your homework, you get checked on your homework. If everything's right, you get a hundred percent. So that's the way I operate in my human life too, right? Like even in my business, I put out a course and if it goes well, I am getting paid and clients are paying me and I get testimonials. Like that's kind of the model we work with. So in the spiritual world where you don't really like take a test and you don't really have an A plus and you don't have anybody giving you feedback and telling you, am I doing this right? Am I wrong? Obviously your human side starts to speak up and you're like, no, this is wrong. I'm doing this wrong. I'm not feeling anything. I don't get it. I'm making this up. And then you shut down and then you start to label yourself as not spiritual or you don't manifest or you don't know how to do it. And I know that because I've been through it. I went through it in this spiritual development course where I was like, I'm not feeling anything. Nothing's happening. I must be bad at this. This isn't for me. And she was like, no, like you're actually meditating and you're bringing something up and and it actually really resonated with that person. Trust that. Like, why would you say those words if you like, that's not imagining it. That's actually your intuition speaking to you. And I'm telling you, if you've done any spiritual development before, like you really will think you're making things up because our brains, again, are trained to be right and wrong and get A pluses or Fs. Like, again, very black and white thinking. You're failing or you're acing it. You're right on the money or you're not. And so spirituality doesn't live in that land. Spirituality is like, we live in gray. We live in the rainbow. We live in like a world of context and and all these different hues. Like there's not black and white thinking. And it was just so interesting to take that course because it showed me like, this is not a test to ace. This is not a sport to win. This is not a measurement of how good of a human you are or not. And the way I look at it now is like, trying to articulate this. Basically, I think this human life is the only one that I get to live as Chelsea Rife. I was given a specific set of tools, of gifts, of intelligence, of instinct to use it to my full ability. Just like if we go back to like nature, every animal has like a purpose. There's a food chain, there's an ecosystem, there's a way that they operate. And they're all given these gifts, right? Some are hunters, some are swimmers, some can fly, and they use them to their full ability, right? Like birds use their wings to fly, cheetahs use their instincts to hunt. So if we're using our human talents and gifts and intelligence to our full ability, that to me is like being spiritual is like, I'm using this to my full expression with this human body I was given. And I do believe that you your soul lives on as something else, but I don't know that it comes back as a human being. And here's where I like, like to think of spirituality as playful and funny is like, I don't want to come back as a fruit fly. I don't want to come back as like a tree trunk or a log or a piece of wood and be like, damn, remember when I was that soul in that body named Chelsea Rife and I could speak and I could move and I could taste and hear and touch. And I had all these gifts, but I didn't use them because I was scared of X, Y, Z. And I thought I was faking it and I thought I was doing it wrong. And now I'm a fruit fly. Right? <laughs> I know it's a funny example, but that's seriously how my mind operates. And so it starts to, spirituality starts to motivate me to live bigger than like my current reality. Like I know I do have all the tools and abilities to live here now, and I'm not going to just throw them in the trash. 
by the way, this is taking me like 30 plus years. And I also know I have the rest of my life to figure this out. I know that this is not something that I like to me, I haven't cracked the code. This is something I will be working on for the rest of my life to get more and more in touch with my soul. So it's connecting to something bigger than myself, like an energy bigger than myself. That's not the physical world. It's the unseen, the unexplainable, the intangible. It's connecting to that like bigger feeling. And it also helps me with optimism. I've had some people ask me like, what does it actually help with? Like, why would it be important to tap in your spirituality? I think when you can get out of your head that like, this is not just a 3D human world and there's like spirit and nature and energy supporting you, it provides this almost sense of relief and safety and optimism. For example, like with death now, I'm not really scared of death because I'm like, I don't think the soul dies. I think it moves on. And I think I can connect to loved ones through mediums and readings. So I'm not like terrified of death. It also allows me to reframe things. Like, for example, my dad had a stroke last year. And instead of like panicking and freaking out and crying and, and thinking that he's going to pass away and all these things, my spirituality gave me this idea to like learn more about him because what if he did pass away I would actually want to know more about his life like I, I want to know him from a, a like almost like a peer level not as my dad and so I wrote him all these questions of like what three personality traits would you use to describe yourself why did you marry mom what's it like being a dad what was your favorite sport growing up and now I have this beautiful transcription from my dad that if he does ever pass away which obviously he will right we all are going to die one day I have this letter from him that I don't think that would have ever come if I didn't have a spiritual practice or like tap into my spirituality I also think it just allows me to look at things from a bigger picture and not so in the moment. So I don't react as harshly as I would if I was just like living in the moment. So for example, like if a client, I don't know, wanted to cancel a contract, I tap into my spirituality. I'm like, okay, what's the bigger picture here? Like there's another client that's coming. It's okay. This client didn't resonate. This has never happened by the way, but if it did happen, I would be prepared because I'm like, it's okay. Like, that's totally fine. I know that there's something else on the way. And so I don't react as human and as harshly as I would. Now, on the flip side of that, like, this is not all light and rainbows. There's a lot of protecting my energy that has to go on. I block people, I mute people and follow them. I have alone time. I say no, I set boundaries. And to me, this is part of the spiritual practice as well. Again, I think there's a misconception that spiritual practice means meditating with crystals, pulling oracle cards, having a tarot card reading, doing Reiki. Those are all ex exceptional tools, but there's also very practical things that you can do that are like just on following someone and that protects your energy. And I do think it's a practice. Like I said, I know that this is not something I'm going to master by a certain age. And that's actually the exciting part to me is to keep uncovering new things. Like, what am I here to learn? Is this actually a big deal? Is this really that important? And I think spirituality helps take people off of pedestals because you realize there are two things we all have in common. We are all human and we're all going to die. And I know that sounds crazy. You're like, whoa, 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 relax, Chelsea. <laughs> but I'm serious. Like we are all human and we're all going to die. So I don't idolize people anymore. I know that everybody has a past. Everybody has made mistakes. Everybody's fucked up. 
Every single person has something that they're worried about in their life. And I know that's part of the human experience, which is why leading with imperfection and transparency is so attractive to me and leaders because they're not putting themselves on pedestals. And this is why I believe in multiple truths. It's my spirituality. And I know we aren't all here to do the same thing and be the same thing and act the same thing. Again, nature is so abundant in its species and so are we as humans. Spirituality to me is knowing that there is something greater than myself and that in in and of itself, that thought provides me peace, comfort, safety, humility, optimism, and hope. And I truly never think that it's a test or a measurement or anything. I also think it helps me not take anything that seriously because going back to that concept of like the one thing that is certain in life is that we're all going to die. It's like, how could I take anything that seriously. And I don't mean that in a way of like, I don't take my clients seriously in my business and I don't take people's opinions seriously, but like on a bigger scale, I'm just going to use a very specific example. If I got into a tiff with like a coworker back in the day without my spirituality, that would have set me off. Where now with my spirituality, if I got in a tiff with someone, I'm like, okay, is this really that important? Like, is this really something I need to waste my mental real estate on and my energy to like keep this going for what? To be right about what? To get a reward? Like, that's what I'm saying. My spirituality allows me to reframe things and look at the bigger picture and not take like that seriously. Also, when we think about it from the bigger than ourselves thing and knowing that dying is the only thing we all have in common you start to realize like, I'm going to stop waiting for the one big thing, the big break, the big money, the big drop, because there's no certainty in life. Like certainty is like a total illusion. I could end this podcast recording right now and fall down the stairs and paralyze myself. And I'm not saying that to like cause shock value, like that could really happen. And so if that were to happen, I would not be thrilled that I wasted my human talents and my senses and my abilities just because of XYZ, because I was scared of what my old coworker thought. I was scared of an ex saw it, or I don't want my parents to see, or I don't want somebody to think I'm silly is like, that's what motivates me is my spirituality, knowing that I am in a human vessel and a human body, but I have these insane instincts and talents and gifts. Like, of course that motivates me because I don't want to waste them. I feel like the universe truly gives you this set of gifts and every time you hide them or play small or think that you can't do something, I truly think of it as almost like this grandmother energy that's like, what are you doing? I gave you all these incredible tools and gifts and you're just like sitting there not doing anything with them. Think of a toddler, right? And you're watching it ride a bike and you're like, yes, keep going. And they started riding the bike and you're like, hell yes. Yeah, yeah, keep going. And then they're like, no, I can't do it. I don't want to ride the bike. And you're like, wait, you just were riding the bike. You're riding it perfectly. You're actually doing a really good job. And they're like, no, I don't think I can ride a bike. It's I was bad at it. I didn't do it. And then you're like, wait, no, you actually were doing it. You were doing incredible. That's exactly how I think the universe speaks to us when we like completely detach from our gifts and our instincts. It's like, no, what are you doing? You were doing incredible. Why are you letting other people or other opinions or other influences allow you to think differently? And like I said, I know this is a lifelong journey and I know I'm always going to explore new tools, new concepts, new ways of being. Like when I started my spirituality journey, it was a totally different ideology than how I look at it now. 
And there's a lot of different tools involved, right? There are so many practices and tools. And that's what I actually love about it is like you pick what works for you. Right now, I'm getting really into human design and astrology, which in my opinion are pretty complex systems. And so I'm giving myself time to just like slowly soak it in and learn more and get birth chart readings and read my horoscope every day and understand the planets. But I know that that's something that is just going to take time and I'm not rushing myself to like figure it all out and unlock all the codes and get to the top. It's like, I just know something else will come along that will help me in this journey. Also with tools, I know there's going to be something else. I know in like 10 years, there'll probably be a whole new system that I've never heard of that I'll start to unlock that and be like, wow, this is also an incredible tool. Here's the thing too. I also know if I really, really wanted to, that I could have the power to channel something like human design if I found stillness. Human design came from a person that found stillness and said that they totally channeled this entire concept through getting in touch with their spirit and through their soul. And like it came to them from this specific experience in finding stillness. This also happens with anything you read about, like gene keys or astrology or a lot of this stuff comes because someone sat down and found stillness to understand these concepts and really, really digest them and process them and embody them and then share it with the world. You could be that person that channels something insane like that if you allowed yourself to hold that power and find stillness. And I think that's where spirituality starts to allow you to hold that power because you're like, I'm not doing this as myself. I'm doing this on like behalf of the universe. So for example, like if I were to channel something like human design, it's not like I'm doing that for my human Chelsea Rife 3D lifestyle. It's like I'm doing that to help the greater consciousness and collective. And that is going to empower so many people. That's very motivating, right? Like that is something that detaches me from myself and my ego and my insecurities. And I think that's what spirituality helps with. Again, I think most people don't think they're spiritual because we are bombarded with content all day. And you know, I love visuals. So I like to think of this, think of like a flower blooming, you plant the seed, and then you water it. And then you allow it space and time and allow the earth to do its thing, allow the sun to do its thing, water it, treat it well, and it grows and it blooms into this beautiful flower. The way we operate as humans, at least in North America conditioning, is planting the seed, then we fire hose it with water, we yell at it to grow faster, we throw all this different stuff on top of it that's not even water. Like, imagine watering a flower with, like, soda and syrup and, like, sugar and whatever else, and then you step on the flower, and then you walk away from it, and then you get pissed at it for not growing faster— of course that flower is not going to grow. It doesn't have the space or the time or nourishment. And that's truly how I see the spiritual world as well. And my spirituality is like, I can't tap into my spirituality if I don't give it space and time and nourishment. So if you want to get in touch with yourself from the most basic level of spirituality, I think you need to go find stillness. Go on a walk outside. Go sit outside for 10 minutes. Do not bring your phone. Sit outside and close your eyes and even ask yourself a question. What do I need to know today? What am I really feeling inside? What do I want for my future? This is where journaling becomes helpful as well because you can put pen to paper and brain dump. What's really going on inside? 
What am I feeling? What am I scared of? And these are the tools and the practices that people talk about that are really helpful to find stillness. But when people start commoditizing these practices and making them catchy and gimmicky and like, uh, like a system that feels inaccessible, then of course it feels inaccessible. Then you're like, oh, I'm doing it wrong. I, I, I shouldn't have done it this way. I did. I shouldn't have gone outside by myself. I should have brought my meditation app. It's like, no, this is the practice of finding stillness is to get in touch with your intuition. And I will repeat this until the day I die, that spirituality is not a game to win. It can be anything. Like social media right now, I feel like has us thinking otherwise, that spirituality is the person that has the most oracle cards and crystals and decks and reads tarot and does this and does this and does this. But it's not a game to win. There is no spirituality police. There's no spiritual judges that are going to come in and rate you on a one to 10 scale. That's simply like the truth. If you are doing things to think that you're checking off a, a list of spiritual elitism, right? Like if you're trying to get to the top, for what? Ask yourself that. For what? For who? Why? Why do I think I need to do all these things when I trust that I could just do this one thing? Or on the flip side, why do I have to pretend that I only need one thing when I need 10 things? It's like, this is the whole concept of making things work for you. Right now, what's working for me is visualizing, having time alone, and walking outside. That might change in a month. That might change in six months. I don't know. Who knows? I might be reading tarot cards in six months being like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. But I have to allow myself that space and time and nourishment to find that tool and see if it works for me. But you could have no tools. You could just be like, you know what? I just like make my coffee in the morning and I feel so tapped into my spirituality. That's fucking incredible too. That is the message I want to bring today is like, your spirituality is so personal, your definition of it, what it means to you, how you operate with it. So if you're ever starting to feel behind or you're like, you're not doing it right, go back to stillness and question, why am I not feeling this way? Or why am I feeling like I'm doing it wrong? Because I think you'll find the answers inside of you. We always do. We're just trained to ask other people and find external validation and seek somebody that in authority power, seek a guru out. And it's like, that's where it becomes disempowering. And I really don't want spirituality and manifestation to become that. It's not, it shouldn't be disempowering or intimidating. It, I feel like it should, if anything, enhance your life and empower you. And this is the stuff that we're going to talk about in spirituality for messy people. This is exactly why I created this program was because I wanted to talk about all of this intuition, manifestation, dealing with envy from a different lens and to form your own lens, to form your own perspective. Every week, we're going to do a deep dive on these topics so we can uncover the multiple truths that exist within these topics. So what this is, is not a formula for manifestation or spirituality. So if you're hoping to join and, you know, learn a five-step system for XYZ or learn the three ways to do this, that's not what this program is. What it is, is if you're feeling like, okay, wait, I do things a lot differently. I feel like I can't explain it to a lot of people, but it makes sense in my head. And I want to learn from other people, or I want to just discuss it, or I want to see what other things exist out there. That's what we're talking about. I very intentionally wanted to make this 
a smaller group where everybody has a chance to discuss because everybody I've talked to is like, yeah, I manifest in a very unique way or I've been manifesting incredible things my whole life and I thought I was just doing it wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a space where I want everybody to know you're not doing it wrong and let's talk about it. Let's talk about what intuition means to us, manifestation, spirituality, all these things. And we can talk about the tools that we use, but this isn't going to be like how to do X, Y, Z. It's going to be like, here, choose your own adventure. That's what it is. It's like, choose your own adventure with spirituality and manifestation. So if you are interested in this program, I would absolutely love to have you. We kick off next Thursday, May 20th. It's just 444 for the regular price. And if you want the elevated member option, which is unlimited text and voice note support throughout the month, it's 999. And there are payment plans available for both. And I really wanted to do this podcast to share my perspective. And I don't know if I felt all over the place or if it was clear, but I really felt like I needed to give you that full picture of my own background, how I started getting into it, what I use now, how I define it because you might be feeling the same way, like you've been doing it wrong, or people are making you think you're behind or you're intimidated. And I really want to demystify that and break that myth that you're doing it wrong. So yes, if you're interested in joining us, please let me know. I would absolutely love to have you. I'm going to leave the link in the show notes to enroll. You can also go to chelseareif.com or at chelseareif on Instagram and click the link in the bio. There will be the options in there. And if you need a custom payment plan, just DM me and let me know. But let me know what you guys thought of this conversation. Like I said, I know I went a lot of different directions and provided a lot of different visuals, but I'm very curious to hear what you resonated with or what you didn't resonate with. And I love to address this stuff in the podcast. Most of the podcast topics that I talk about come from your feedback and your input. So let me know what interests you about this subject, and I will absolutely do more of them. If you did find value, I would so appreciate a review. I feel like reviews are podcasters' currency. I do this podcast every single week for free. I take an hour to two hours of my time. I hire an editor, and I do all this stuff for free to provide you value. And so I consider the energy exchange a review or sharing it with a friend or tagging me in Instagram stories, just something to show that this was a value to you and that it was helpful. And also, I love DMs, so if you want to shoot me a DM, I will absolutely answer. I love them. I love talking to you all in the DMs, so I would love to hear from you and and what you got out of this podcast. And be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so every time a new episode comes out, it just drops directly into your feed. And yeah, with that, I would love to see you in spirituality for messy people, and I will see you next week. (laughs) 